0: Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. Well, Gather, Happy New Year. I have missed you. I miss teaching, miss being with you. Uh, I wonder if you are feeling particularly optimistic about 2023. I am, uh, but that's also just kind of my vibe Uh I felt really optimistic at the beginning of 2022 and 2021, and even 2020. I was feeling great about that year, and so I am feeling. Uh, I'm feeling really optimistic. I think it's going to be a great year. Uh, I'm excited uh, about what we have going on at Gather. We're going to have some really exciting stuff. We're going to roll out to you in the next couple of weeks that you should be on the lookout for. That I'm. Uh, I'm really, really excited about. But uh, I'm also um, really inspired. Uh, by what our 2023 emphasis is here at the church. Uh, We're calling 2023 A Year With Jesus, and I I hope you've heard me talk about this uh, so far already. We talked a little bit about it at the beginning of last year and then last week, and our our teaching and our focus will be solely on Jesus in 2023. We will not be uh, doing any book studies on anything else, Uh, We will be just looking at the teaching of Jesus, the life of Jesus, the death and the resurrection of Jesus, because we want to be Jesus-focused. We think our faith, our practice, our theology should be centered on Jesus, right? We're not gospel-centered, we're not conservative, we're not progressive, we're not biblicists, we're not Pauline, uh, we don't follow the Apostle Paul, we are Christians, and so we want to focus all of our attention on Jesus- And uh, we're starting off this year, our year with Jesus, with a conversation on the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, you you can find the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. It would take you about 15 minutes to read. So if you're a person who wants to read uh, these passages, I would encourage you to read ahead a little bit. It takes 15 minutes to read the whole Sermon on the Mount. We're going to be talking about it for the next few weeks. Um, And the Sermon on the Mount is, is the kind of thesis the foundation to all of Jesus's teachings. And so that's why we're starting there at the beginning of our year with Jesus. And um, the section of teaching that you might see in your Bible, it says the Sermon on the Mount. And it says that because in Matthew chapter five, verse one and two, it says, now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and he sat down, his disciples came to him and he began to teach them. So he's teaching on a mountain. That's why it's called the Sermon on the Mount. It's not a creative title, but it's what we got. And even in verse 1 and 2 here, Jesus goes up to a mountain and teaches. Matthew is painting, the Gospel of Matthew is painting a very particular picture for us. Matthew wants us to see or think of Jesus when we read the story. Matthew wants us to think of Jesus as a Moses character. As someone who's giving a new kind of law. Because one of the most important parts of Moses' story is that Moses received the law from God and then gave it to God's people. He, He received the Ten Commandments, and it says in Exodus chapter 19, verse 3, then Moses went up to God. The Lord God called him from the mountain. Moses went up Mount Sinai and then delivered the law to God. So Matthew wants us to see and think of Jesus as this new Moses giving a new law a new way of teaching, a new way of being in the world. He's the new messenger for God. So Jesus goes up to this mountain to deliver teaching, and Jesus starts the Sermon on the Mount, this new law, this new way of being, with one of the most famous passages in the Bible. Jesus says, Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus gives what we know as the Beatitudes, right? But blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. The Beatitudes, you, you probably know them. Maybe they're cross-stitched on your grandma's wall. We've heard this passage, but when I read it, um, I struggle for a couple reasons. First, um, I struggle with the word blessed. Maybe you do too, because when I, I think when we hear the word blessed in, in any, you know, in any part of the Bible, um, it means all kinds of things and also nothing at the same time, you know. But when Moses received uh, the law and delivered those first ten commandments from Mount Sinai, in Exodus chapter nineteen, it doesn't use the word blessed. it actually uses a different word. It's where it's where Jesus gets this idea, but it but it, it uses a, a, a different word. It says in in Exodus chapter 19, verse 5, Now therefore, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be called my treasured possessions. So that's how it starts in Exodus, treasured possessions. And then in Deuteronomy, when the law is re-given, it's the the second telling of the story, the word blessed gets introduced. And then Jesus is carrying on that tradition. But the first way that this is described as is treasured. That's how the book of Exodus describes God's relationship to his people. And to be honest, treasured instead of blessed really helps me. The simple swap to say, what Jesus is saying is, you are treasured. Not that you'll be happy, not that you're lucky, not that your life is better, but that you are treasured by God. Treasured are those who are poor in spirit, treasured are the mourning treasured are those who are persecuted treasured not happy not lucky not blessed treasured but even with that language shift i think it's still easy to miss the point here because it's easy to think and we get we get into this i think just we're projecting our own issues here but it's easy to think that jesus is instructing us to behave in a certain way We, we think of this as instruction from jesus and that if we behave in, in a certain way, if we behave in this way that Jesus is laying out, then we'll get to be blessed. We'll get happiness. We'll get contentment. We'll get what we want if we do what Jesus says. But Jesus is giving us something different, something new, a new way of being, a new teaching. He's inviting us into a new law, right? Jesus isn't making an exhaustive list of everything God expects from us. Jesus is seeing the people right in front of him, the humanity right in front of him. He is making eye contact with real people who have real pain. And he's looking them in the eye and saying, you are treasured. He's looking people in the eye who he knows are mourning, struggling, seeking peace being persecuted and he's looking them in the eye and he's leaning in and saying you are treasured this isn't a to-do list at all this is a new way of being in the world the old law says if then if you follow my commands then you are my treasured possession but jesus starts with treasured starts with blessed Right, The new law, the new way of being that Jesus introduced is you are already treasured. No behavior modification necessary. No conditions on the love. Already treasured, exactly as we are. No behavior modi- modification at all. Right? The, I, I have read this so many times and have internalized these ideas that like, I, I must be doing something wrong. Or maybe um, maybe my spirit isn't poor enough. You ever thought that when you read these, these uh, Beatitudes? Like, how do I get my spirit to be more poor? How do I get myself persecuted? Because blessed are those who are persecuted because of their righteousness. Maybe I should be more meek. And maybe you should. But Jesus isn't offering instruction He is offering affirmation. This is a reminder, an encouragement, an invitation from Jesus that whether we're poor in spirit or pure in heart, that God treasures us. That whether we're meek or we're fighting for peace, God treasures us. That God finds us valuable and good and lovely, high or low treasured by God, the whole spectrum. There's no to-do list that earns you love. Today, on January 8th, there is no resolution that makes you worthy. And we can be confident that Jesus is inviting us to experience this kind of unconditional acceptance and love because it's what he does the rest of his ministry. He spent the rest of his time on earth showing us, showing humanity who we are. He healed the sick. He empowered. He honored. And then so that we could finally see just how treasured we are, Jesus gives himself up to death to show the extravagant love of God. There is no if-then. You don't need to practice mourning more. You don't need to create a to-do list for becoming more poor in spirit. There is no if-then. The story is already, already loved by God, already treasured by God, already, 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 right now. And if you've been around church a lot, if you're kind of a churchy person like me, you might be a little bit immune uh to the God loves you sermon, and I totally understand. Okay? I, I get it. This is a sermon we hear a lot. God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. But there's a couple things I, I want you to hear today. Um, first of all, there is no conditions to these love, this love. The love of God is not uh is not conditioned on our ability to understand it or believe it or articulate it. The love of God is unconditional. And I think that most of us have imagined God as being tolerant of us in a way that says, well, yeah, I've heard that God loves me, but it is clear that God doesn't like me. In fact, he had to send his son to die in order to want to be with me. God, surely, he doesn't like, maybe he loves me in some way I don't understand, but he's just barely tolerant of me. I think that's how most of us have imagined uh, God thinking of us. Just barely tolerant. That God is just barely willing to endure our unworthiness. That we're tolerated. But I think maybe this is why Jesus talks so much about parties. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. There's a lot of party talk from the founder of our religion. He says things like the kingdom of God is like a wedding. That when the wine runs out, because everyone has had so much to drink, that Jesus turns the water into wine so the party can continue. The kingdom of God is like a dinner where all the outcasts and hungry are invited instead of the stuffy rich people. The kingdom of God is like the kind of party a dad would throw when his estranged son finally shows up back at home. It's a lot of party language. I think maybe because for most of us, there's a spectrum of how we perceive God's posture to be towards us. Right? We might think that we are tolerated by God. And probably not because of who we are at all, but just because God is so good that he is willing to just tolerate us, just barely tolerated by God. But maybe if we've done some work around that, we got to the idea that maybe we're accepted by God. Like, okay, well, God does a little bit more than tolerate. He he accepts us into his kingdom. We're not just tolerated, but we're accepted, and that's good work. Maybe if we've gone a little further into this, we've pushed in a little further, maybe we've gone to a little bit of therapy around this, we say, you know, maybe we're not just tolerated, we're not just accepted, maybe we're even included by God, that God is inviting us to participate in his work of justice and healing and love, that we don't just receive it, we get to give it away, that we're not just tolerated, not just accepted, but we're also included, But what Jesus says here in the Beatitudes is that those things that you thought might exclude you from God, the grief that you've kept quiet, the meekness that you felt was weakness, being poor in spirit when you thought being strong is what got you rewarded, all those things that you thought kept you out. Jesus says, you, all of you, you aren't just tolerated, you aren't just accepted, you aren't just included, you are celebrated. That's the word I want you to hear today. Not tolerated, celebrated by God. That God looks at you right in the eyes, that God sees you in all of who you are your story, your present circumstances, that God sees you. And God doesn't just tolerate you. God doesn't barely accept you. God celebrates you. God affirms you. God says, I see your mourning. You are treasured already. No, if then, already, already. Already, not tolerated, celebrated. This is the new law that Matthew wants us to hear. This is the new way of thinking, the new way of being in the world. That There's no to-do list that earns us love. No resolution that makes us worthy. There's no list of behaviors we need to master in order to gain our acceptance. We are already treasured. So for you, are you embodying the old law or the new law? The old law is if then, the new law is already. Maybe you could just consider whether you have a list of behaviors that you're trying to master in order to deserve some kind of love. Maybe, uh, maybe you have that kind of theology, but it kind of spills out into the rest of your life. You say, "I just need to be," uh, you know, "I just need to become this kind of parent. I just need to become this kind of partner." If then. If then, and you've created all these conditions around your life. If I can just get this thing mastered, then everything else will fall into place. If then, if then, if then. And I wonder what would happen if you just took an already approach. You say, you know what? My family already loves me. My community already loves me. I'm going to say what I need. I'm going to be honest because I'm already loved. I don't have to hide. And then I wonder if if there's parts of you that you think exclude you from God or maybe exclude you from spiritual community. Maybe someone has told you that there are parts of you that exclude, that keep you excluded. Maybe someone has told you that your sexuality excludes you. Maybe someone's told you that your political beliefs exclude you. Maybe someone has told you um, that your family excludes you, that your story excludes you. And I just want I just want you to hear today that you are already treasured that the god of the universe the creator of all things looks at you and says treasured are those treasured are those with a sexuality that other people don't understand treasured are those who are still hiding but don't want to be anymore treasured are those who have had to make hard decisions about their family even though they don't want to. Treasured, treasured, treasured already. And then I wonder where you are on that tolerated, accepted, included, celebrated spectrum. How do you imagine God to be thinking of you? And that might just be where all your theology starts. I wonder how you imagine God to be thinking of you. Tolerated, accepted, included, celebrated. Gather, you are seen. You are celebrated. You are treasured. Now, Jesus looks at all these people, real people with real problems and real pain, and he sees them, he knows them, and he calls them treasured. This year, a, a year with Jesus, may, maybe you could just start this year with a desire to be known. If you're like me, you, uh, you might hide your pain or your grief Hide some parts of yourself. You know, almost two years ago, um, Katie had a miscarriage, and I've shared that here with you before. And when it happened, um, I felt bad telling people about it. You know, I, I whispered it. Now, I apologized for sharing the news. I'm so, I, I said out loud, literally, "I'm sorry to have to tell you this," but I had a natural tendency towards hiding. But when I stopped hiding, the most amazing thing happened. I had people in my life who, with their love and hugs and meals, they just spoke treasured over us. Not because we were achieving, but because they got to actually know us. And my guess is that you spend a lot of time hiding yourself hiding your pain or your weakness, hiding your desires, hiding from family, hiding in plain sight. And I know it will take courage and I know it will be uncomfortable. But if you allow yourself this year to be known, if you allow somebody to really see you, I think you'll find that you have always been treasured. That that affirmation that you need, it's real. That that isn't going to come on the other side of an accomplishment. That it's already there if you could just allow yourself to be seen and known. I just I want you to know today that your pain doesn't scare anyone away. That your true self won't be too much for anyone. You have always been treasured, already. No conditions. So gather, this is my prayer for us today. Embrace your true identity as a treasured possession. No conditions. You are seen, you are known, and you are celebrated. Amen. Gather, I love you. I hope to see you soon. Go in peace. Thanks for listening. If you are interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.